first what I want to do is just give a little background um, on Housing First. Housing First is the principle that when individuals or families have challenges in regards to permanent housing, that we focus on the housing first and then address the kind of support issues that they may need, whether it has to do with employment, whether it has to do with health issues, transportation, child care, but that we no longer say, in effect, to a household, you have to get your uh, life in order and then we will work with you to provide housing. This has been a very effective but very challenging concept as we've seen it adopted in other parts of the country, Arizona, Utah, uh, and, and uh, uh, other states and communities. We knew from the very beginning that we were going to have challenges, especially as we opened the first housing support system under this program, both for chronically homeless individuals as well as for families. And we've had to make adjustments as we go along. Now I want to point out that as we discuss this, whether we're talking about Rethke or we're talking about the family units on the west side, we're not just talking about the viability of those units, but we're talking about the viability of this program and, and our, our commitment to it. I also want to point out that we've now got somewhere close to 800 households housed, and uh, while we've had some challenges at Rethke, and while we've had some challenges on, on the west side, by and large, overall, the program has been successful. I also want to point out, as we talk about our, our family housing on the west side, that it's our estimation that somewhere between 75 and 85 percent of the resident households are in conformity and are encouraging uh, all the kinds of practices and programs that we think are, are uh, point to the road of a successful family, a successful household. <coughs> We've got a handful of families that are causing great difficulty for the neighborhood, for the folks who manage the facility, and for the other families and other households are there. Because so much is at stake, because the program's viability is at stake, because the viability of the neighborhood is at stake, I'm taking the extraordinary step of assigning uh, one of our deputy mayors, uh, Deputy Mayor Gloria Reyes, who is responsible for the areas of health and public safety to the site. 
and while she'll be here at the office on occasion, most of her time in the coming weeks will be at this site so she can collect information, give advice to Heartland management when it might be appropriate, and provide me and the city council with her insights and a report as to what steps we need to take to ensure the comfort and the safety of uh, the vast majority of the residents of the building as well as uh, the, the adjacent neighborhood. Heartland has, has been at this now for uh, under a year. Uh, we have some expectations of them uh, in regards to uh, the management, uh, in regards to working with the tenants, creating a healthy relationship with law enforcement when it's required, and obviously providing access to critical support services. The uh, uh, Heartland has provided a uh, statement uh, indicating they're, they're welcoming uh, our, our decision here for Gloria Reyes to be assigned. I think you've all got copies of it. And I expect that we're going to have uh, better insight as to what needs to be done in the next couple of weeks and that appropriate uh, recommendations will be acted upon. Any questions? That's it? We're good? Was there one particular um, instance that, that brought on um, the need for... No, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a collection of, of incidents. Uh, it involves... Um, a number of violent incidents uh, either at the site or that occurred elsewhere in the city and what is disturbing is that people involved, alleged to be involved in those violent incidents thought that for some reason they could take refuge at, at this apartment building and the mere fact that they thought this was a place they could see, seek refuge is, is obviously troubling. So it's not the people who actually reside uh, in the building that's causing the problem. It's people who are... Uh, I, there's no question in my mind that, as I said, 75 to 85 percent of the residents are solid. They are the kind of folks you'd like to have next door uh, to wherever you live, and that they are uh, committed and just as disturbed as the rest of us are in regards to the conduct of what I'd describe as about a handful of households. It's, it's incredible. When you look at the size of the city, you look at the uh, magnitude of our Housing First problem, excuse me, our Housing First program, that a handful of households uh, could be connected to so much trouble. So are you, it sounds like you're trying to say we need to hold the management accountable? And is there a distinction between like the individuals, or the perpetrators in those incidents? Well, Heartland is obviously going to have to do more, but we've got to do uh, some, uh, we have to take some responsibility on the part of the city 
it's our program, it's our commitment to house chronically homeless individuals, chronically homeless families, and uh, obviously this handful of families or households is going to have to take some responsibility. What role will Madison Police play in all of this? Police Department will be available and will respond to any critical incident that needs to be attended to, just as it would at any other location in the city. And you mentioned violent incidents. Um, what's your greatest fear of what could happen with this dynamic that's unfolding in this area? Greatest fear is that we will get opposition in coming months and in coming years uh, to uh, more uh, affordable housing constructed, uh, particularly for, for those who are chronically homeless. And what about fears for what could happen in the neighborhood and to the residents there themselves? Well, obviously we're concerned about the safety of every location in the city. Uh, without exception. Let me, let me just say that there's a lot of people in Madison and Dane County who are very good at describing problems and telling us what we should do about it. But it takes a very special skill set. It takes a very special person to be able to go in and work with households that have got some of the incredible challenges of those who we are trying to house here. Um, we get a lot of advice as to what needs to be done. I'd like to see a few more qualified practitioners in regards to providing care, providing support and, and, and providing uh, the treatment and the therapy that is oftentimes required in these circumstances. Somebody give me a hand on that. Paul, do you recall how long it's been open? Oh, five months, four months? Less, less than half a year. Been open since less, less than half the year. Just to clarify, the, the 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 apartment complex we're talking about is is it's less than six months. Okay. And just to clarify, for the are you addressing both apartments, both the Rethke and the Tree Lane, or just the Tree Lane primarily? That's just the addressing Tree Lane. We've had problems at Rethke, mm -hmm. but I I think that that we've had sort of a shakedown period. Uh, management has learned what it needs to do. I want to point out that uh, at Rethke, a lot of the problems we had were not from the residents, but from people who were visiting there. And in fact, uh, that has been part of the problem at Tree Lane. It's not always been uh, issues created by the residents of the apartments. It's people who have uh, associated with them and uh, have, have, have come to the location. For context, um, can you kind of go back over that when the Housing First program was implemented here and then how the tree lane fits in with that, just to kind of sum that up? Well, I believe it was around 2013 or 14 
that after considerable study, even though uh, research had been done elsewhere and beyond, uh, the city of Madison adopted a housing first policy. And once that was adopted and once we then uh, were online to that commitment, we did some financial analysis, we looked at the availability of tax credits, we looked at the availability of uh, TIF funds, and we made a commitment that eventually was to build 1,000 units within a five-year period. Uh, that's not been the difficulty. The difficulty's been that in some instances with some of the most challenging individuals and households, there have been problems. Um, and as I've indicated, sometimes the problems are issues of behavioral health. Sometimes there are issues involving family enhancement. And at other times, there are issues involved with guests and visitors to the site. But I guess I'm interested in what you think this means for the future of permanent supportive housing projects in Madison, and we're, specifically for the 1202 South Park Street. We're going to we are going to get it right, and we will continue with our commitment to eliminating first chronic homelessness and all homelessness in in Madison. Though I want to point out, we cannot do it alone. Uh, we need help elsewhere. We cannot be an island in the state of Wisconsin taking on this burden. I'm very pleased to see that after a lot of talk at the state level, we finally have a commitment to a, a program, and I'm hoping that we're going to see real funding of that program, particularly because not all communities in the state have access to the kind of TIF revenues that the city of Madison has and because of the uncertainty of uh, low-income housing tax credits given the uh, uh, uncertainty of the Trump administration. Is there a level of frustration um, uh, when you hear about these problems no, I wouldn't call it frustration. Um, we've known that we would encounter these kinds of challenges. Um, uh, we, we just wish that we had more resources to deal with the supportive services that are required. And, and keep in mind that um, people can say, well, if that parent can't control that household, uh, the hell with them. And that's not a realistic response. Uh, there's children, and the children are not responsible for the uh, the conduct of the adults. How many complexes do you guys have now under the blanket of this new, uh, the, the um, priority for housing? In, in My guess is that we're somewhere in around a half a dozen. And this is just one of the, the newest yes. ones? 
What is the vetting process that people have to go through in order to obtain an apartment? Well, in many instances, they have to go through the uh, requirements of Section 8 uh, because a lot of them utilize Section 8 vouchers. But that's really uh, up to uh, the owners and managers to uh, screen the tenants and to determine who's going to, to live there. talk about resources, do you think there are enough police available? Because police are, are the, 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 the question of availability of police is not the issue. Well, that's not every day. And that's that's not the issue. The issue is what causes the police to be there. That's the issue. And that's questions of behavior. That's questions of family management and that's where we need the trained uh, individuals who may be social workers, case workers, uh, who can get there and help these households. Do you see these types of issues at the other complexes, or is it the, the reason you're bringing to light this one? Is it kind of the cap on all of it, or you know, is it the other, problems with this one? The, the, other, the other housing sites have not had nearly this kind of problem um, combined. Uh, we did have some problems at Rethke in the first six or eight months. Again, a lot of it had to do with visitors, and it had to do with our, uh, or I should say Heartland's learning how to manage and, uh, and, and uh, deal with, with, with visitors who were causing problems. Owns these two comp, the Refke and the Tree Lane. They don't own all of them. No, absolutely. these are the only ones that they're responsible for. How long will Ms. Reyes be assigned to? As long as is necessary. Well, uh, I expect us to start going through periods of time where Tree Lane is not in the news. These kinds of incidents are not occurring. And uh, when we're confident we've reached that uh, point, then the involved, I mean, it, it is an extraordinary step in any city to take someone from the mayor's staff and send them to one specific uh, uh, housing place uh, for, for this kind of, of activity. But that's how important this program is. And I also want to point out that how many years with the police department? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen years with the police department, a former Madison police detective, so she'll be able to have insights that uh, somebody with a law enforcement background has as well. I guess is that how you imagine it? Just collecting information and spending time, or would you be trying to work with well, I hope we'll I hope hope we go do more than that, and Gloria can answer that. Really, what she what she what's on her agenda? Sure. So um, we have um, we are developing a safety team uh, that consists of all of our partners. It includes the Madison Police Department. Uh, it includes the YWCA Heartland, um, and um, our Community Development Division staff. And um, we have our first meeting tomorrow. 
Uh, I have already met with residents uh, last Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, and as the mayor said, uh, there are um, the majority of our residents uh, who live there are concerned for their safety and they are following rules. Uh, we have to ensure that we make those residents and those who visit um, accountable for not following those rules. Um, we plan, the safety team plans to assess uh, and respond to immediate safety and security uh, and quality of life issues, not only within the resident, um, the residential facility, but also in the neighborhood. Uh, we plan on meeting uh, with um, uh, neighborhood residents and business community uh, and residents on an ongoing basis and in Heartland leaders and uh, city leaders, uh, including the alder for that district, Alder Skidmore, uh, who will be helping us um, throughout this process. Um, we uh, plan to track the calls for service uh, on a daily basis. I've already have that set up where we have the neighborhood officers sending me the calls for service so that we can respond quickly uh, with uh, any supports that are needed, such as a domestic violence incident happens, uh, ensuring that the victim gets the support that they need, uh, and also making the perpetrator accountable uh, and banned from the property. Uh, this is going to take a collaborative approach, as the mayor uh, mentioned. Uh, it is about um, police uh, is a strong partner in this, but they're not the long-term solution to ensuring that we have a successful uh, facility uh, to house our chronic homeless uh, families. Uh, we do plan uh, in December and January to come back with some recommendations uh, to the mayor and the council. Uh, but during that time, we will be coming uh, and informing uh, the mayor uh, about the status of the facility and the needs. Uh, but the idea is to go in there and respond as quickly as we can immediately to the uh, issues and the challenges of safety and quality of, of life issues. December and January, this of December, this yes. Will we assess at that time and figure out whether we need to continue um, my presence there? Let me just add a couple of, a couple of other points here. First is, is there's a sort of a, a cruel irony in, in all of this because this was like the third or the fourth sighting of a facility in Madison, and Alderman Skidmore was the first member of the city council who did not uh, respond negatively, but said, I will work with this program, I will uh, work with the, the city staff and, and, and making this a success. And uh, I, I don't know if he has any regrets about that, but I just want to say that that was a welcome, uh, that was a, a, a welcome sign given that prior to that we've got so many people who clamor about and beat their chest about how wonderful they are and and the need to uh, expand housing opportunities but then when it comes time to their district uh, they show up with a placard that says no and and I, I, I think uh, his support for this initially is just one more reason why we have got to make it work. Secondly, one of the things we will be doing is an analysis of why 
this particular site has had the challenges that it's had. We'll learn from it and uh, report back what uh, we will change in the future uh, to make sure that this does not happen again. There's not much question in my mind that this is going to pro provide uh, obstacles to doing the project on Park Street. And like I said at the very beginning, that's why we've got to get this right and we've got to fix it. We've got to fix it for the families that live there, for the neighborhood, and to ensure that we can continue with the viability of a Housing First program. Anything else? Thank you very much. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. See you before Christmas. <laughs>